Hey, listen, family, at the ABS firm, we teach families all across the country how to build their own bank. Yes, I said it, how to build their own bank. If you're looking to try to get out of debt, stop borrowing money from everyone else's bank without building your own family banking system, you need to get in our private banking blueprint where we literally show you exactly what we did to not only build our own private banking system for our company, but what I did to build me and my wife's and my family's private banking system so that you can be able to not only guarantee wealth for your family, but you can now learn how to be your own bank. How cool would it be to learn not only how to be your own bank, but to actually become your own bank? So go to privatebankandblueprint.com, privatebankandblueprint.com, so that you can learn 25 hours coursework, videos, questions, everything that you need. And you will also be able to talk to one of our ABS advisors to be able to set you up your own family bank. Family, this is true. It is possible. You just have to go see it for yourself. So privatebankingblueprint.com. Don't wait. Come on, y'all, let's get it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, haters told me I'm a stumble god. Hey, listen, welcome to Assets Before Splurge, and this is your host, Jake Taylor Jacobs. And I am at Elijah, the crown that brought peace. Y'all see, y'all see how serious he and I am at Elijah and the crown that brought peace. <laughs> how, do you, how do you want me to say it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all, he was extremely serious uh, right there. Uh, but what I will say is this. I'm, I'm happy to be back. This is the second season of Assets Before Splurge. And the last time I actually posted something on my podcast was in January. Sheesh. January. You hear me? Sheesh. You hear me? I heard it. And so um, I brought Ad Elijah on to be a co-host with me on the show. Part one, because he's running the, my financial firm that I started. He's running that now as his baby. And the second thing is, um, I know y'all get tired of just hearing me all the time. I, 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 I would get tired of me, too. Oh, uh, you know what happened? I forgot to push record for the actual podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Assets Before Explosion. I'm Jake Taylor Jacobs. And I'm Adelaja, and I'm the crown that brought peace. Hey, that's our co-host uh, for the Assets Before Explosion. So again, this is the second season of Assets Before Splurging, where we teach you how to put the things that are important first. And today, I'm going to bring to you live a topic that I think is very important for the black community, especially when it comes to all of us that are trying to learn how to build businesses, trying to learn how to be entrepreneurs, trying to learn how to scale these things so our lives can be changed for the better. And I think it's very important that we learn strategies that will allow for us to be great. That's what I think. I agree. And um, we have to learn and, and deal with some hard truth and some hard statistics that will allow for us to kind of get better and to be able to grow. What do you say, Eddie? I agree. Um, growth is not growth is very hard unless it hurts. You got to feel that pain is it. People just don't change just because just because of words. It's typically events that change people, mm -hmm. typically events. So these hard truths should kind of real. it should bring you to a. Um, a reality where like, oh man, those are the numbers. I want to do better. I don't want to be the statistic. I want to be above average. So we're going to be talking some numbers. Um, and these are cold hard facts, but we're going to be giving you guys strategies mm -hmm. on how to change that for Correct. the future. So we can all be better as a people. Correct. And um, I actually put something on my social media 
um, that I'm kind of going to go over on Instagram. Um, I brought it over from Twitter, uh, but it was on my Instagram, and I was kind of, you know, thinking about some stuff over the weekend. And, um, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, that are trying to become entrepreneurs, and I love it. Uh, people are becoming entrepreneurs. People are are, are trying to find their um, – they're trying to – uh-oh. On, on on Facebook, it says my old title. Hold on, y'all. Let me change the title. It still has the old title on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, hold on. <clears throat> That's the right title. This is the right title right here. Hold on. We getting it, y'all. We getting it. Listen, I told you I'm rusty. I'm rusty dusty. <laughs> I haven't been doing I haven't done a podcast since January. So um I'm a little rusty. But I'm getting my I'm getting my bearings back together. I forgot to change the title. Uh the name of this title is um, <laughs> why black businesses fail and what we can do to fix this problem. And so when we look at when we look at businesses overall, right, we look at, um, you know, uh, black people trying to build businesses in America. We look at all these things when it when it comes to us trying to learn how to survive online uh, and, and offline as we build these businesses. And, and the common thing that I'm beginning to find, Addie, is that. A lot of people of color, black folk that are starting businesses are saying that the reason why um, they are failing um, is because of a lack of funding. What do you say about that? What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's more than a lack of funding. Okay. You can't give a million dollars to somebody who's not financially sound. Mm -hmm. They're going to be broke the next day or Mm -hmm. very soon. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a lack of money. It's the lack of know-how as well. Mm. The training, the customer service, just... Having a business mentor, when I see blacks in business, it's very seldom that they have somebody show them how to do it. When I see blacks in business, they're really just self-employed uh-huh. and not really in business. Well, talk about it. Um, what do you mean by that? So there's, there's, there's a, what is it, the quadrant. There's four different places that you can be. You can be an employee, which is trading your time for money. You can be self-employed, which is one of the hardest spots to be in because you're trading all of your time for money. You, you... You're working the business, you're still working your business. So if, if you're not there, your business is not making money. And that seems to be what we tend to glorify, and that's not the space that you want to be stuck at. You actually want to move to the quadrant that's business owner, then move to investor. So when you're a business owner, your business makes money, and you don't even got to be there. That's what we come in with, the business automation. So, uh, but the biggest thing that I see, uh, like you know, and, and people talk about, lack of funding and the reason why they're not succeeding in business. But I think that a lot of people in business, um, one of the things that we struggle with um, is the lack of being resourceful. Um, a lot of us want resources, but we're not resourceful. When it comes to actually excelling and winning in business, the majority of us um, um, find ourselves in uh, peculiar situations to where we think that uh, uh, getting money from the bank or getting an investor's dollars actually was going to allow for us to be able to succeed or achieve 
on a high level, and that's not necessarily truth uh, or the truth at all. So on Instagram, I, I put a put a post on Instagram where I said uh, we need more black business owners to think bigger than just taking care of themselves and their families. Um, looking at statistics, it's easy to see that the mindset of black entrepreneurs that build businesses. Um, and I put in no offense, but the mindset of people who black people who build businesses are the mindset of only thinking about themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, they only think about they only think about what can I get? What can I can make sure my kids are good? Let me make sure my family good. Let me put my family on. Yeah. And there's no problem with building a family business. The only problem is, is when the business is only for your immediate family. Yeah. Um, um, and, and what I mean by that is. Only if your business can take care of yours, that that's that you're you're fine with that. So we typically have this goal of only making a million dollars. You know, when I make a million dollars, I'm cool for myself. I'm good for myself. But what we don't realize is how much we cap ourselves because we don't invest into the knowledge base that's required for us to exceed more than a million dollars. And so when we look at statistics, and I'm just looking at according to blackdemographics.com, blacks create only 1 million jobs, which is only enough to employ 4% of the black working class. Mm. Oh, this, you, So uh, we're just trying to make a million dollars. Black entrepreneurs are only responsible for creating a million jobs, which only helps 4% of the black working class. So it's funny because we talk about... Um, we talk about having the ability to do for self, right? Yeah. Not working for the white folk or white, the white man or not working for the Asian man or that person. Yeah. But... But it's not too often that you see black companies that are equipped enough and structured enough to be able to hire people and keep them long term. True. And so we, we, we find ourselves in this cycle of always like being self-employed. So no matter how much money you make, you make, you're still self-employed. You're still only only paying for uh, or yourself and taking care of yourself, yeah. which then puts blacks who aren't entrepreneurs because truth be told. There's a such thing as people who aren't built to be entrepreneurs. And you could be a part owner of a company. You could be a business owner. But there are certain things entrepreneurs do that just built different than other people. No doubt. And so I see this struggle with, with entrepreneurs who are black telling other black people and getting on them about working for white people. But they don't even offer jobs and opportunity for black people to come and work inside of their organization. What do you say about that? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge mindset thing. And it stems back from decades of just struggle. So when you finally get on, you're like, man, I don't want to tell them this because I don't want my spot to get took in. Yeah. Or, um, I mean, me and my family, I mean, I don't know why we have that attitude, but yeah. me and mine is good. So, shoot, me and mine is good. Yep. What about the betterment of our community? Yep. How can we all move forward as a people? Yep. As a people, not just you. The black community will be able to will be able to progress more further than we are now. We're we are getting somewhere, but if everybody is on uh, uh, the same level, the same field in a sense, knowledge wise, uh, some might make more than others, but at least we have that knowledge. We're trying to hold knowledge and we don't need to. We need to spread it. I think when you talk about trying to hold knowledge, I think because um, now this is what I will say before I continue the statistics, because I saw somebody say, well, Jake, you need to add into the statistics the fact that we've been oppressed for so many years. And 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 that's why we don't have a good uh, we're not good. Uh, we don't have enough funding to hire and employ people. 
um, that ain't the case. No. Uh, you're spending your funding. So typically what we like to do, um, uh, being uh, black people building black businesses, you spend your profits and then want to go get funding from the bank and use that money to grow your business. So you're enslaving the very opportunity that was supposed to set you free. Yes. And this is the struggle that we have. So so you, you don't start a business to offer a service or, or fill a gap in the marketplace. You're starting a business so that you can get paid, so that you can look fresh, so that you can have cars and that you can have all that stuff. And then and then you're like, yo, like I'm making it. I don't know about you, but your entire life is on a card. And so <laughs> and so when I think about businesses that struggle. I think about black businesses that struggle. I also think about those businesses that are not healthy enough to hire yeah. because being able to employ people and hire people and grow in that dynamic, human capital, mm. capital, uh, it, uh, being able to being able to grow in that um, in, in that uh, per, um, uh, in that way shows the health of a company. It does. Because if you can grow, you can hire, you can develop talent, you can invest in education that that shows that the, the 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 health of the company is not only good, but that the second generation of the company will be good because in order for you to employ, you're training people to take your position, which is why it takes me to this next part. Our white folk, our white counterparts, um, they create 55.9 million jobs, which is enough to employ 44% of their working class. Hmm. And in Addy, what they said was um, people say, well, it goes back to funding. They have the funding to hire people. <laughs> no. When when looking at people's finances, Addy, what is what what are some of the things that you see uh we're 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 wasting our money on when it comes to finances and you you being our finance extraordinaire here on staff? It ranges anywhere. It ranges anywhere from eating out, child expenses, um gro grocery shop over shopping, um traveling, credit card. Oh my lord. Debt, too much debt because, oh, and mortgage is typically the, the main thing. People too soon uh, borrowed money from the bank in order to get a house. Yeah. That is eating, of course, we know a mortgage is going to cost. It's going to anywhere, you know, a thousand plus bucks. They didn't foresee the HOA, the the PMI, the all these extra expenses that come with the house. Number one, that house is out of their range in the first place. But just because that the bank allowed them to borrow money and said, hey, guess what? We'll make it affordable for you. We'll make it affordable for you. Just do monthly payments, your mortgage. Just do monthly payments. Not knowing they're getting screwed on the back end, yeah. but uh, their mortgages, too much debt, consumer debt, a lot of credit cards. Now, if it's an emergency, um, use your savings. Oh, man, let's talk about that. Lack of savings. But don't, don't, don't get too deep. Don't get too deep on it, Addy. Don't get too deep. Don't get too deep. All right. But 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 the biggest thing that the biggest problem that you see when it comes to our personal expenses were what again? Um, overspending. Overspending. Okay, stop. Now ah. now now that comes that comes in large part right because we have the same habits that come into our businesses. Yeah. And those same habits that come into our businesses be the same reason why our businesses can't grow. It's the bad money spending. And then we take company profits and then we go spend it on our personal lifestyle and we beg and we, we're asking God, why can't I grow? And you're you're mad at the bank when you're you're the one that's taking the money from your company being able to excel and grow. Yes. And and um, and I think that 
more black business owners, more black entrepreneurs need to need to start taking need to start taking um responsibility for hiring and employing our community. I agree. And and the reason why we see I, I saw I saw a statistic uh, added that said we as far as CEOs uh in Fortune 500 companies in uh in Fortune 500 companies 1% of Fortune 500 company CEOs are black. 1%. And and we could either get mad at that or we can say why would a white man who started his company hire a black person? Why why why, why are we getting upset? Uh, yeah. Why why are we mad that when we look at a white company who's comprised of white people yeah. who was started by white people, why are we upset and why are we mad that they're employing people who look like them and come from their same backgrounds? Kind of makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> and and what happens is we want to, to be included so bad Man. that that we're not putting pressure on the entrepreneurs to say you have a responsibility too, as an entrepreneur to 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 bring jobs and opportunities back to the same people that you're taking the money from. Yeah. And so versus expanding, I hear people talking about get VAs, get virtual assistants. You need to hire people from the same community from which you're taking money from. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Why you what, what, what's going on in your head right there? <laughs> so, as a black business owner, you're running a black business. The the people, your clients, they're good enough. You're, they're good enough just to take their money, but not good enough to hire. Come on, bro. Okay, so <laughs> some of them, truth be told, might not be good enough to hire. Yeah, that's where it's up to you, the person with the know how. The person with the know-how yeah. to educate, to yeah. train, do free seminars. Hey, this is about business. This is about finances. Um, we'll only get stronger as a people. Our weakest link. So for those who have the knowledge, we need to be spreading the knowledge. And and and, and so here's the deal, right? So so what I've noticed is that entrepreneurs, Addy, entrepreneurs, what what we do versus employing, building businesses, growing our company, what we want to do, we don't want the responsibility and the headache. Of I'm talking about black entrepreneurs of hiring, hiring, manage a team, developing a team, investing in salaries and investing in bonuses and investing in structure. So we give coaching. This is what we do. Right. We, we just we just give coaching. I don't have a problem with entrepreneurs creating academies and teaching their strategies. We do that. What I have a problem with is when you have the capacity to hire and the first type of thing you hire is a V.A. Mm. The first type of person you hire is not somebody of the community that's eager to learn, that want to develop, that want to come work for you. You don't want to hire people like that. Um, and, and so we, we, we cap our, 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 our ability of growing at a million dollars. And what happens when we cap our ability to grow at a million, we just want to make a million dollars. There's not enough room for other valuable people to come inside of your organization if the goal is only for you to make a million dollars. The purpose of making more money is so that you can have more opportunities for people in your community, which, talk, which talks about the number one reason why black businesses struggle a struggle we have no vision past our own personal gain yeah that's the first the first number one reason why black businesses fail 
and why black businesses struggle is because our vision for the company does not ex exceed our personal gain, what we personally want. Because if you have a vision that is multi-generational, y'all even know how, how, how I structure ABS. Yep. I structured ABS, our company, our corporation, our conglomerate, not for my children or my child or my sons or my daughter to be the CEO of the company, but for the best next person up. Yeah. Why? Because the impact that ABS can make on the community is so much larger than just feeding my family's pockets. Yeah. Because me passing away and dying has nothing to do with the equity of my family still having ownership of the company. But who runs the company? It does. Yeah. And so what happens as black business owners and, and entrepreneurs, we only see business to the extent of where it takes care of our life. And so we don't have Fortune 500 companies. We don't have Fortune 250 companies. We don't have Fortune 100 companies. We don't have a bunch of $100 million, uh, uh, um, a deck of million dollar companies, tens of millions of dollars type company in revenue because businesses lack vision in the foresight of continuously growing our income, continuously growing our reach, continuously growing our value. Because all people are not entrepreneurs. And so I think that the community needs to put more pressure on entrepreneurs who just want to take from the community and not add value to the community. Yeah. So I can't be the entrepreneur that wants to chastise people who are working for the white man, working for corporate America, working for this man. You need to do for self. No, the ability to do for self is also inclusive of the entrepreneur allowing blacks, our people, a chance to come work and develop within their organization so that you can do for self. Because whether people believe it or not, I believe that when you work a job, you are still Still doing for sale. You got to go to work. Yeah. You you got to go. You got to go do the service. Yep. You got to go do the opportunity. And I saw something, Addy, where somebody was like, uh, "You got to be bigger. Um, uh, you got to be. You got to be bigger than paying yourself uh, um, two times a month." And in in my naivety, um, Addy, in my naivety, when I was younger, I used to say the same mindless thing. But as I became when I, as I became an entrepreneur, I pay myself on on uh, two times a month. <laughs> when 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 you're when you're getting contracts, if you're an entrepreneur from people that you're working with, typically the payout is once a month. Yeah. So whether you're working for yourself or you're working for somebody else, if you are balancing your books correctly, you're only going to pay yourself biweekly the same exact way that you would work in a job. Yeah. And so we got to start having more entrepreneurs that are that that are that are trying to build a an, a um a business that can transcend multi-generational, that can transcend just appeasing yourself or your family. It is our job, it is our due diligence to run business like ministry and give careers and opportunities and invest into the next into the next generation and to develop new leaders and to develop new talent. We have to stop looking at the people we hire as competition and start trying to find ways to continue to grow the value of your company so that you have room for your company for these people to be. So, Addy, what I want you to do, I want you to kind of talk about your experience of being with ABS and seeing uh, uh, how how ABS is structured in such a way that allowed for you to be able to continuously grow within the same organization. Hey, family, are you looking to try to turn your gifts and your purpose 
into a product, service, or good so that you can be profitable. In our course, Purpose to Profit, we teach you how to turn your gift into a marketable, profitable product, service, or good so that you can be able to share your gift with the world and become profitable doing it. See, listen, we did it here at the ABS Institute with the ABS firm, with the ABS family of companies, and we want to show you exactly how you can do it too, step-by-step along the way. So get into our Purpose to Profit course so that we can show you exactly how to turn your gifts into a profitable product so that you can turn your purpose into your action plan. So go to p2profits.com, p2profits.com, where you will be able to sign up for Purpose to Profit. So my experience with ABS started uh, about a year ago. Uh, I went to school, trade school, to be an occupational therapist. Once I graduated, I started doing that. Um, And I I just knew that working a job wasn't my long-term thing. So I always strive to be, you know, uh, invest. I used to do investments, things like that. I used to, um, I just always knew I, I, I'm a DJ as well. I just always knew that I didn't work in a nine to five wasn't, I wasn't going to be there until age 65. I just knew that. And I knew I had it in me. So, um, I prayed and I sought, and then I found, I found different opportunities for me to grow and meet people and network, learn how to build my skills, learn how to talk, you know, uh, read more, got introduced to more books, uh, connected with some people in some of these good places. But um, my journey started, graduated OT school, went to this company. Man, it's so crazy how God works. Let me tell you guys my real story. So so <clears throat> as I was studying for my boards of, for to become an occupational therapist, something just dawned on me. It didn't come from me. The thought did not come from me. But I thought to myself, why do they know more about money than we do? Mm-hmm. So when, when, once I got that thought, I started doing my research. I started going to banks, opened up Roth IRAs, invested in real estate, so on and so forth. After I'd done everything I thought that I could do at the time being, I just prayed. I said, God, what's my next step in this financial thing? I live about where I lived was an hour away from where I got hired. <laughs> an hour away in the morning and an hour 30 back. So I would drive to work as an occupational therapist thinking like, man, okay, I'm driving, I'm driving. An hour there, hour 30 back. Um, I got introduced to this opportunity that was about 15 minutes from my job. So me driving there, if I wouldn't have been driving there to work, I wouldn't have took that financial opportunity to be an entrepreneur um, 15 minutes north. I did that, boom, went there. Found Jake was there. Okay, we left. Came to ABS. ABS allowed me to still grow. Um, I, when I came here, I was still working part time initially. I was like, okay, let me let me get my savings up. You know, let me learn business from somebody who's been doing business and been a business owner for the past seven years or so. That's key. That was very key for me to have a mentor who actually cared about me growing and giving me a safe space to grow here at ABS. That was the biggest thing for me. And that's what I see a lot of. That's where I see a lack of in a lot of black businesses. Jake is mentorship, actual mentorship to where they're giving you an opportunity to come work with them Mm -hmm. um, and just help them grow. So my experience here has been nothing short of amazing. Um, I quit my job, went full-time entrepreneur. And as I'm here, 
being around of people like Brother Ben X, Jake, and the, and the other creatives that we have here, it just make it, it it opens your mind to think of things that you wouldn't have thought if you were by yourself. Mm-hmm. Just hearing people talk like, "Oh man, I can create an ebook out of that." Oh man, I can create a course out of that. Things that I never would have not, let me not say never, but things that I probably wouldn't have thought of myself. Um, It's just a great melting pot, a fish tank to be into. um, Like, it's just great. (laughs) I've just been allowed to grow here and I'm very happy for where we're going. Um, The constant sit downs with Brother Ben X and Jake has just has my mind growing and expanding, thinking of things I wouldn't have thought of before. Um, and I'm excited to be over, um, ABS broker soon. When, 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 um, when I think of, you know, the reason why black businesses fail, right? We talk about lack of vision. Yeah. Um, the lack of vision also causes for us to lose out on, um, the ability to hire top and develop top talent. Um, a lot of us, when it comes to winning or excelling in business or winning or excelling in, in, in growing our organization to last multi-generational, blacks have a hard time keeping top talent. And the reason that blacks have a hard time keeping top talent is one of the reasons is lack of staff development. Entrepreneurs, especially blacks, right? We don't want to take the time to invest dollars mm. in time in the development of the people coming inside of your organization. We want made ready people and we don't want to be patient enough to let them to be able to evolve inside of the corporation so they can find their own heartbeat. So they can find their own own drive. And so when I look at these companies, I look at I look at black businesses and I typically look at the skeleton of the skeleton version of the black business. So not only do we lack staff development, team development, the second thing we lack, because what we want to achieve as far as why the business was created is so personal that somebody that gets hired can't see their own vision inside the organization. See, if I were to go to Facebook, I know like, damn, I could potentially be a millionaire or dang, I can become a CEO or dang, I can become an executive. And so when I'm starting in these Fortune 500 companies, um, you know, that are predominantly uh, 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 white owned in your mind when you're getting hired. I know when I first got started, what made me be excited to get hired somewhere was because I thought maybe I could be a superintendent. Maybe I can get to the top of the top of the chain. But when people come into black, uh, black environments, black businesses, black corporations, they don't see, they don't have that same. Maybe they don't, they don't get that same excitement. They don't get that. Damn. If I work for them, they're going to teach me everything that they know. Mm -hmm. Black people say, you know what we say? No, if I teach them everything, they can leave me. Yeah. If I teach them everything, well, maybe they can become my competition. If I teach them everything, well, she, I mean, maybe. And so we, un, we, we have staff that are underdeveloped yeah. that now get bitter towards you. And now they start taking from you because you didn't want to train. You don't want to develop. And then not only that, black entrepreneurs have a slave, ma- have slave master syndrome. Uh-oh. Write this down. Black entrepreneurs have slave master syndrome. SMS. Text your mama this message. SMS. 
Text your daddy this message. About to help you out. Blacks want to, blacks want to, even after somebody has proven their worth to you, blacks want to pay you less than imaginable. <laughs> blacks want you to work for free for life. Much like most pastors do at a church. Mm. Oh, we don't want to go there? No. We don't want to go there? Yeah, we do. Actually. Okay, we want to go there? Yeah, uh, pastors have, have, have made it to where, to where they get paid six figures, but it's not in the church's budget to hire nobody, but it's only in the church's budget to, to pay for the pastor. Mm. But the pastor wants people inside the church to work for free. Full time, damn near. Yeah. All their free time, damn near. Yeah. You want them to work for free. It's, 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 not, in the, it's not in the church funds to take care of you, the people. It's in the church funds to pay for the pastor to be full time. To, to 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 be 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 in the be, be in the uh to to to, to be driving the bins, mm. be in a big house mm. when the secretary of the church been working there twenty years just as long as the pastor, put in more time than the pastor, yeah. but the pat they got salary and space for those, and when I look at our business, Addy, I look at the company's money almost like a church fund, and not giving money out. Giving opportunities to people that can change their life enough so they can take care of their bills, so they can take care of their livelihood, so they can pay their rent, so they can take care of their kids. It makes me feel good to know that we got single women that come and work with our company that's able to say, you know what? I was able to take care of my children. Yeah. I was able to pay my rent. I, I, I got peace of mind to be able to go to sleep at night to know that I got an opportunity, a job that's able to allow me to be able to grow and I get paid to take care of my livelihood. See, black entrepreneurs in America, we got the slave master syndrome. You want people to work for you for free. You don't want to compensate nobody. As a matter of fact, this, 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 black people do this real good. If we could... We will want our entire staff to be un interns. We, we want our entire staff to be interns. We, we, we can get paid a million, but the next closest person to you making 20,000 a year. Yep. Yep. But, 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 but we want our staff to be full time with us, but we don't want to pay a full time salary. Yeah. That's comparable to the market. We want to be profitable. We want to make money. We want all this stuff. We want the nice cars. When, when your staff can't even figure out how to take care of their own self, mm. you ain't paying no performance bonuses. Mm. You, you, ain't, you ain't trying to make sure. You, you know when your staff's struggling. You ain't going to give them a bonus just to let them know. Say, I, I see. I know where you're at. Yeah. I do that all the time. Hey, I know you're at. You'll be shocking people. Like, oh, shit. He, he, he see me. See, black folk, we, we, we got the slave master syndrome. The reason why our businesses cannot grow past our behind is because we want to make the money and not share the money. Yeah. You, you want to spend it on your lifestyle and then you want to borrow money from the bank to grow your business when you got enough money for employment. It goes back to the money management. Mm -hmm. So the first problem that black businesses have is a lack of vision. 
The second problem that black business have is it's not investing in education and staff development. You don't invest your time, nor do you invest your money. You got to take time to develop these staff members. You got to be patient. You go work a white man job. You can talk mess about the white man all you want, but you go work a white man job. You can, you can make a couple of mistakes. Mm-hmm. They'll bring you in. Hey, Timmy, let's talk. Yeah. Let, let's what was going on here. Black folk. Oh no. One mistake. You out. <laughs> and then we don't want to invest the time and invest in the education and allow space for room and error. But let me also say this. A lot of times there are black people that go and work for black people that do give opportunities and you half ass. You don't give you don't give that black employer the same energy you would give that white employer. Let me talk about that for a second. True. And so you you don't want to pour into that black job like you would a white job. You show up late to that black job that you would never show up late to the white job. So there's a there's an even there's an even balance on the on the pendulum, but it comes right back to what is the structure of your black organization? How structured are you? Now, you know, here's the deal. Fortune 500 companies. My wife works for one. And they got a bunch of errors. They ain't perfect, but at least they got some structure. Yeah. Black businesses. No structure. All the staff show when they want to. You don't know when the company going to be open. They have no customer support. You have no efficiency. There's no effectiveness. The entrepreneur never listened to the staff. I don't know how many times Addie's AQ. I'm trying to understand what you're saying, but it just don't make sense. Yeah. How many times? How often do you do that? Very often. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and and at first I'm like, it's because of this. And then I'll sit there. I always say that first. And then I'll sit there and I'll be like, well, why in the hell do I do that? And I walk into Addy's office like, Addy, you right. <laughs> I don't know why the hell we do that. Well, what do you think we should do? Well, I think it should go like this. Let's bet. Let's do that. But entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs, we can't see past our own ego to listen to the people that we hire because just maybe if you listen to them, maybe you can be able to make your company better. Man. Me, myself, uh, I know there's a lesson to be learned from everybody, from the smallest of people to the largest of people, from those who have a lot of money and from those who don't. So I'm always, I like what you just said there about actually taking into consideration your staff member's suggestions, um, not letting your ego get in the way. Yeah. Um, as African-Americans, I don't know why our egos be so high, but um, especially when it comes to our business, well, yeah. We already spoke about it. That's because it's our business. It's yeah. my business mm. for my family. Mm. I'm not going to listen to you. I hired you. Right. Facts. I hired you. So Facts. why am I going to listen to you? Facts. And that just shows a lack of um, client, client business owner relationship because you're serving your marketplace. You're serving your staff members. Right, right. Those are the people that you need to be taking reviews from. You said you what? You're ser- what would you say? You're serving the uh, marketplace. And, and you're serving your staff members. So when you get a staff or a client review, you need to take heed of that. Yes. Oh, dang. Yes. Oh, why do I do that? Yes. Addy, boom, boom, boom. Yes. Let's fix it. Yes. But that ego part, that ego part, and I don't know where it started, but that ego part, maybe it's a, maybe it was a lack of 
oh yeah, I made it. You know what the ego is? The ego is when people think that money is what what is what makes you valuable. No, it's not. That that's that's where it comes, Eddie. When when you think that money is what determines how valuable valuable you are to the marketplace, money is just a reflect reflection of your true value. Yeah. So if 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 I'm broke in the bank account. And I think I'm extremely valuable. There is something that may be wrong. Because money is just a reflection of the true value you bring to the marketplace. Yeah. So, so you may be valuable, but the value does not supersede your circle. So you may be a valuable person, but if you're only being valuable to five people, typically your bank account will reflect the value of only five people. Yeah. Well, that was good. Yeah. But if you're truly valuable and you take your value gifts and your value stance to the world, now your bank account will reflect the value that you bring to the world. See, the problem with business is that we need to bring ministry back to business. Uh-oh. Talk that, about it. This is where we struggle. We, we need to bring ministry Back to business. Back to when it was more than just about X's and O's and numbers. And it was more about the value that you're bringing to people. The development that you're putting into people. The opportunities that you're giving to people. And keeping people first results second. Thinking about the marketplace and the trueness of it. What value are you truly bringing the marketplace? Are you taking them crap? Or are you bringing your best? What value am I bringing my staff? Am I truly giving them real opportunity or am I acting like Pharaoh mm. with the Israelites? They don't know the story. And if you don't know the story of Pharaoh and the Israelites, you, you probably need to read Exodus. Pharaoh was a ruler who enslaved Israelites. Yeah. And he gave them jobs. He gave them work, but he enslaved them and he tricked the Israelites to enslaving themselves that's a whole nother story. But the point is, most of us are acting like Pharaoh. Where you want everyone to heed to you. You think that money is the ruler of things. When you don't understand that we all don't own anything. See, when you run business like ministry, you will begin to realize we don't own shit. Yep. We don't own anything. You don't own the people that come and work for you. You, 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 you don't own, you don't own the marketplace of the customers that come and buy from you. Mm -hmm. You don't own those products. The only thing that you have is the idea yeah. of, of putting pieces together and selling the pieces. That's good. But when you die, you, you're going to die by yourself. Yep. You can't die with these treasures. You can't die with these riches. The only thing that will live is the idea of what you created. So when you take away the thought of ownership and start taking equity in the management of God's resources, your business will grow. And this is the piece that whites, our counterparts, Asians understand. Mm. See, they are, they are willing to lose 100% of equity, ownership, to only have 10% of ownership, to have control in, of, of a marketplace that does so much more. But us as black entrepreneurs, we want 100% of nothing. <laughs> we want we want the thought of walking around and saying I'm a CEO. Yeah. We want the thought of walking around and saying I'm a boss yeah. because it does something to ourself. Yeah. 
But when you think of business like a ministry, you begin to say is, what can my company do for this specific community? What value can we add? And start that extra money that you get. Compensate yourself based on the true value you bring to the the company, but leave room to be able to impact the community in so much in a so much better fashion. You going as an entrepreneur, you going and feeding somebody who is hungry one time does not change their life. Nope. Can I say that one more time? Please do. You going into a community and taking your camera with your friends and feeding that community one time does not change nobody's life. Uh-oh. What changes somebody's life is you taking some of your profits that you take home to go live in your fancy mansion. Mm. You take some of those profits and you offer comparable pay, pay salaries, mm. com- comparable compensation that now that one person can then go and take care of their bills, their responsibility in their children. I don't want to do that. You talk about so many people on 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 uh, food stamps and on governmental aid, but when you have a company that has the power to take four or five people off of governmental aid, providing them solutions and strategies, educating them, teaching them. Now they'll take that money and then they will go into the community that they're living in and they will continuously spend money in that community, which will bring the valuation of our communities up. But we need Hmm. entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs. We need to take more responsibility for providing more than just food, but opportunities in order for you to offer a true opportunity. You can't depend on no bank. You got to be, you got to be profitable. You got to see the income you make. You know what I hear a lot of black people say? I don't want to deal with that. Of course. I don't want to deal with that. They say, I don't want want to deal with hiring and developing people. I don't want to deal with people stealing my stuff. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. But those are the same people that say, rise black man. Those are the same people, rise black God. You're You're not even showing anybody how to rise. Bro, you're too caught up in yourself. I love the saying, do for self. I truly do. But what I like to say to people is, yes, do for self, but don't forget about others as well. Yes, do for self, but don't just think about yourself. Going back to a couple points that you said, Q, um, you're the, the marketplace, your bank account is only a, ref, a, re, a reflection of your value that you bring. So back when I was doing my friends' money management, I was doing money management with my friends. That's where I started, practicing my skill. I've been doing it for about four or five years now. Do it with a couple of friends and family, uh, uh, tweaking my skill, working on my skills. So when I used to do it for five people, my bank account reflected that I was only doing it for five people. But as I continued to learn from mentors, get access to good mentors, uh, like Jay Taylor Jacobs right here, and other people, Putting my being able to put myself in a position to where I can bring my skill to more people to increase my value to the marketplace. That's when I started to see an increase. I never imagined that I would truly get paid to teach people how to manage their money. I just started doing it because I truly cared because I I figured it out. I figured it out. So I said, oh, man, my people got to know this. Yeah. I, I never had that ego to where, oh, nah, shit, they can figure it out by themselves. I never had that ego, and I'm thankful that I didn't. 
Once I learned something valuable, I wanted to spread it to my people. I started with a small circle. Did my bank account reflect it? Sure. But I knew that's where I wasn't going to stop at. Yeah. Fast forward, I now get paid to teach people what it is to me, basic money management. To me, it's basic. To everyone, it's not going to be basic. I now get paid to do that. So just touching back on a couple of things that you said. And um, yes, do for self, but don't just think about yourself. The world is so much bigger than yours. Every human on this earth, we have the same purpose. It's just in different lanes. Some when people say, "I my purpose, my you have the your purpose." We all have the same purpose, which is to uh, serve God's people. You just have to figure out what lane you're gonna do it in. Mm-hmm. I was born a certain way, mm-hmm. so I'm good at certain things. Mm-hmm. God already gave you what He wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. You're just too busy looking at other places mm-hmm. instead of looking in the mirror like this. Mm-hmm. Looking in the mirror, what am I naturally good at? I'm naturally this. I'm naturally this. I'm naturally this. Therefore, wow, let me just try, let me do things that um, correlate with whatever skill that is. Yeah. So that's where I started. I'm naturally structured. I naturally pay attention to the smallest details. I na- <laughs> this one gets me in trouble. In trouble. I'm naturally good at pointing out what people do wrong. <laughs> so I guess I'm a therapist. So think of me working in a hospital. Um, okay, just going off of all the things they do right, they ain't never going to get healed properly all the way. So I'm looking at everything they do wrong. Oh, I didn't even notice. But that's how I naturally have always been. That's just one of my gifts. When I, it was, what Sunday? It was maybe like two Sundays ago. Maybe when I was reading the word, I don't know. But it said, it mentioned that God chose King David for a reason. Oh, I know where it got it from. God chose King David for a reason. He didn't try to change him. He chose a man that could rip the rip the mouse of the wild animals like this, shaving a sheep. He chose that kind of man, a violent man. King David was a violent man. <laughs> but he needed that kind of man to be the king of Israel. Mm-hmm. See, God, every gift, we all have a gift that we're good at, naturally. It's already in you. It's already in you. It's just using that, realizing that gift using it for a bigger purpose than yourself, getting some vision, not holding on. Once you make it, oh, nah, nah, shit. I don't know what they're going to do, but me and mine is good. Realizing your gift and taking care of the people around you. We all serve the same purpose, and that is to serve God's people, to help one another. Some people will do it in the hospital. Some people will do it in the fire truck. Some people will do it in finance. Some people will do it in business. But um, let's work as a team, y'all. I think, and now I'm about to give the solution. Cause I've been, I've been talking, um, I've been talking um, about the problem, and I talk about the problem so that we can understand that there's a problem, so I can provide the solution. There you go. But Addy, Addy talked about, Addy talked about um, how we all have the same purpose. Um, What I would say, just to tweak that, to say we all go into the same destiny, the same destination, which is to serve God's people. There you go. The purpose is the vehicle of what of what you use or what you drive to get to serving God's people. So some people may drive the purpose vehicle of being a firefighter. 
Some people may drive the purpose vehicle of, of, of doing hair. Some people may drive the purpose vehicle of doing insurance. The vehicle is of what you're using to get people to the destination of freedom of serving people and uh, the passions of what you use to fuel it. So the first thing that we got to do in order to, in order to overcome the problems that we deal with when it comes to struggling um, uh, with uh, business is that first of all, we have to, for one, clarify what the vision is and the vision, a vision of God is bigger than yourself. Uh-oh. So you cannot say that God gave you the vision to start the company. If the reason that you started the company was only to service you mm. because anything that is God takes more than you to complete anything that is of self. You only need self to do. So you differentiate if it was from God or was it just for you? Because that would tell you exactly if, if you need to reevaluate this vision. Because a vision that is bigger than you, you know it's going to take people that are more talented than you in order for you to bring the fullness of this vision through. Now, what I will say is this. If you do not have that vision, maybe it's God telling you, to go and find somebody who has that vision and for you to go and add your gifts to that vision. Mm. So if you don't have a vision that is large enough to encompass more than just you, and it only encompasses taking care of you, you want to make a million dollars or whatever the case may be, you may need to submit your gifts to somebody else's whose vision is larger so that your gifts and your ability can submit to a larger will or, or a larger purpose of God. So the very first thing we have to do, we have to clarify our vision and make sure that our vision impacts just more than you. So what does that mean for the marketplace? That means that the, the, the value that you bring to the marketplace is supersedes you just making a million dollars. Mm. Because truly to impact the marketplace in a true, truly big capacity, in a big way, you got to see more than a million. You got to see more than you making $100,000 a month. Mm. You got to see that maybe possibly, what if, what would my business look like if I had a million dollar a year uh, 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 salaries I paid? What if my payroll was a million? Well, well, what if my payroll was was a million dollars? Uh-oh. See, that's what I think about. I say, I say, how can I put ABS in a position to where we're going to be paying a million dollars in payroll? Because I'm thinking that if we're paying a million in payroll, we got to be doing 10 million. <laughs> we got to be doing 10 million. Yeah. We got to be doing close to, you know, 20, 30 million. Okay. If we're paying 10 million a year in payroll, we got to be doing 100, 100 million. Those are the thoughts I think about vision. How big, let me recalibrate this vision and make sure that this is now watch this, watch this. Now watch this. Now your vision, where you're going, it has to be compatible to your gifts. Mm. Because a lot of us, we get into opportunities that are only fads or they're there to service us financially. And it's not tied to the overall end goal that God, where God has us. So what's happening is you started a business as a side hustle that got that got bigger than you expected. But because you don't want to do it long term, you're just thinking of your exit strategy 
and not thinking of the people that's on track with you. Mm. So you have to ask yourself, what, what gifts and abilities do I have? Vision goes with the destiny. Your vision is needed for your destiny, your destination. See, you have to have vision to reach God's destiny for you. So if I have vision to reach God's destiny for me, I need the right vehicle that can get me there. Yeah. The vehicle of choice is your purpose. What is your purpose? What are your gifts and what and what opportunities best fit your gifts? Yeah. Because somebody that's not good at talking and, and they will begin to judge their abilities based on someone else who's good at talking when they're really good at critical, critical thinking. Yeah. So if Addy judged his God-given gifts of, of him speaking, me speaking, my God-given gift versus him talking, he would think that he was not capable of doing amazing things. But if Addy says, wait, I may not speak as well as Jake, but I critically think better than him. And I and I find I find errors that he overlooks. That's where I can be valuable. Yeah. So let me let me show him that I I overexcel in this area, and his gift now become equivalent to me speaking. That was. <laughs> I hope y'all caught that one. Because <laughs> if I'm if I I'm if I'm one. judging myself, if 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 I'm judging. If I judge, if, if Addy was the CEO and he's really good at critical thinking and I'm good, but I'm not as good as Addy, but I speak really well. Yeah. If I say, damn, man, I can never critically think like Addy. I, I, I don't know how Addy always finds the holes in things. Yeah. I'll never be good. Versus saying, Addy, I see how you find the holes, but I know how to communicate the holes to the people. E. Can we... Now, now it's a, oh, so I got to figure out what, now watch this. Now, if Addy takes his gifts and takes it into an industry that requires for him to speak a lot, he will never excel to the potential of his gifting because his gifting is misplaced. Yep. And when your gifting is misplaced, you can't excel in the way God intended because you are out of order. You're not on post. And what happens is we got a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who fail in business because your gifts are in the wrong environment Speak on for it. growth in excelling. Yeah. You know, hearing that cue, uh, it reminds me of that picture or, or story. It's all the animals lined up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fish is not dumb because it can't climb a tree like his monkey. Yeah. Like the monkey is just in the wrong environment. But you put a fish in the water and you put a monkey in the water, who's going to look stupid now? Now, now watch this, watch this, Addy. Watch this, Addy. Watch this, Addy. And watch this. Your gift is what you naturally do that you were never taught to do. Oh. Watch this. Watch this, Addy. Because a fish don't got to learn how to swim. Not at all. A monkey don't got to learn how to climb. Nope. And a cheetah don't have to learn how to run. And so if you got to, if you're constantly in a space where you're always trying to learn new skills and it don't feel comfortable, odds are that it's not your natural gifting Come on, because your gifting will make room for you in areas that your other skill sets won't allow you to. Uh, so a lot of us struggle in business is because your gifting is being used incorrectly. And a lot of us look at our gifting and say, that can't be what God want me to use because my, I do that too easy. I, that that can't be valuable. 
I need to do what they doing. Nope. That's why black businesses fail. Mm. That's why. And now watch this. Here's another reason why black businesses fail that we got to fix. See, when you don't know your gifts, you will try to do everything and be everything. Sheesh. But when you know your gifts, you know where you're vulnerable at and you hire people and you find team members and you find business partners that fill the holes of the areas that you are weak in, which requires you to hire and train, which requires you to <laughs> lean on other people, which requires you see what I'm doing here. Yep. So I said the reason why black businesses don't make it is because the entire company is dependent on you. But when you realize your gift, you realize, well, I do this, but I don't do it the best. So who can I find that can fill this gap? And if they fill this gap good enough, maybe we got something. Uh -oh. And so what happens is when I find this gift and I, and I, and I find this space and I find my groove, I know what I can and what I can't do. That's why when people come and look at our company and they talk to me sometimes, they be like, Jake, you need that. Jake, you need this. Jake, you need that. I'm not the person who is unaware of his of his of his insecurities. I'm not a person who's not unaware of his weaknesses. I'm a person who is fully aware and I'm actively looking for those things in those places where I am weak. And I'm actively looking for people who can point out the areas that maybe I am weak because maybe they naturally see something that I don't naturally see. I need you on the team. Mm. And I am willing to share my personal profits to have somebody like that on the team because I know that I'm building a multi-generational company. Yeah. And a multi-generational company needs to be able to survive with or without you. Mm. So the vision and understanding your gifting is absolutely important. I agree. Because if you don't understand that, you won't be well. Watch this. Watch this. But when you understand your gifting and it's important, it quite naturally makes you do a couple of things, Addy. You begin to save money better. Mm. See, what happened is when you understand your gifting and you know what you're strong at and you know what you're weak at, Addy, it forces you to be structured in every other way. Mm. Because when I was building ABS originally in the beginning, I was doing everything myself. Yeah. And I say, damn, I know what I'm good at. I just, and I'm doing all this other stuff. Mm. I need to find people that can help me do this other stuff that they love to do that stuff so I can do this stuff. Yeah. And so I knew I needed to save money and I knew I couldn't, I couldn't spend all of the profits because I realized I was doing seven jobs. Ah. And so, and so if I ever wanted to be free from being a slave to the very opportunity that was supposed to set me free, I got to realize where my gifts are. Y'all pay attention. This is how you move from self-employed to business owner. So what happened was I said, Addy, I was doing eight jobs, actually. I was doing eight jobs. I said, well, I'm doing eight. I want to get paid to only do one. <laughs> so I need to save money for the seven positions I'm, I'm doing mm -hmm. so I can I have enough money to do one. Hold on. You said save the money and not spend it. Correct. Just because. Correct. Okay. Because watch this, Addy. Okay. Most business owners, they only got a thirty to $50,000 uh, credit limit. Mm. They got thirty dollars to $50,000 of utilage of credit. Okay. That's the same money that an average black person can use or average business owner can use for their, from their profits. Mm. So the very thing you're indebting yourself to, you can actually save it if you took the time. Ah. And they're using credit and debt to pay payroll, 
when you got enough profits if you did right by your money to do it. So what I noticed was I said, yeah, I'm making such and such amount. I, I was when I when I made like 20, 30,000. I said, yeah, I made 20, 30,000 this month. But I did. I'm doing eight jobs. Yeah. I'm the admin. I'm the insurance agent. I'm I'm suitability. I'm my own assistant. I'm my own accountant. I, I'm the marketer. Yeah. I'm the trainer. I'm, I'm the CEO. Yeah. I'm doing eight positions. Yeah. I want to get paid just to be the executive, the CEO. So that means there are seven positions I got to fill. Uh-oh. So what happens is now you make that 30000 in a month, and you say, really, I don't deserve thirty. dollars I only want to get paid to be a CEO. So I'm going to pay myself 10000 mm. That leaves me $20,000 to properly compensate seven uh, positions. Yeah. If I save money for two months, I got enough money to hire staff. Ah. To fill the positions that I am weak at. So now you got to be structured. Why? Because I just can't go any, get any staff, Addy. Yeah. I need to get people that I know are going to be leaders that's going to want to make six figures one day too. Yeah. See, what entrepreneurs do, we want to get the cheapest help. <laughs> See, we want we want to put our cousin Bobo and them in. Yeah. We 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 want to get we 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 want to get we want to get uh, uh Pookie them and put Pookie them in on we we want to get we want to get old uh old Rem, uh, uh 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 Jeffrey <laughs> uh we we want to get we want to get all of that right yeah me I'm looking for the most qualified yeah I ain't looking for uh uh uh, uh I'm I'm not looking for family I'm looking for the next man up. Yeah. Who do I think is qualified enough whether I got to train them um, or they already are made ready? Who do I have in looking at my budget? Can I afford somebody who's made ready mm-hmm. or can I afford to hire somebody that's underdeveloped yeah. but have all of the capabilities? And if I just take time and pour into them, they can become the person I need. And by that time, I'll have enough money to be able to afford to keep them with me long term. Ah. You see, people want to win like Alabama, Crimson mm-hmm. Tide. Uh-huh. People want to win like them, but they don't want to re- recruit the talent Oh, Oof. like they do. Oof. People want to win. Everybody wants to win. People want to win like the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, college football yes, team, sir. but they don't want to recruit the talent that's going to bring that national title mm. seven times in a row, six times in a row. Mm. See, I'm listening to what you're saying, and that's the first example I thought of. We want to go recruit people that go to that 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 were made for JUCO, and that's probably it. Oh, just, just so we can hoard the money. Oh, and do whatever with it. We don't want to invest in the community. We don't want to invest in the best talent so that we can win back to back championships. That's good, bro. Back to back championships. That's good, bro. So when, man, that's, that's good, bro. Hey, because because to get top talented people like Alabama, you said. Uh, you got to have the funding to be able to recruit and keep top talented people. And keep. We don't want to go get top talent because we scared, Addy. They're going to ask us for top talent pay. Oh, I called it. Uh-oh. And watch this. Because we're not responsible financially enough, we don't want anybody to ever ask for a pay raise. So we only find people who are going to be comfortable enough with a little, because you know that they will never be able to get nothing more than that. Mm. Which is why your company under excels and underachieves because you have nothing but people who are not going to ever have the capability nor the wanting to be better. Mm. 
But you're doing good, though. But you straight. <laughs> you driving the Benz. Ah. And you got people that are happy to say, oh, yeah, they driving the Benz. And you don't want the people around you that say, I want a Benz, too. I want the people around me that's like, Jake, I want the Benz, too. So what can I do inside of this organization that allow for me to drive the Benz, that allow for me to get a Roly? What can I do? That's me. <laughs> what, what more value can I add? Because I want to make six figures here. Oh, you said something. What more value can I add? See, we're talking about the business owner, but we have to talk about that person who's in that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. You can't just come with your hand out. You can't. You cannot just come with your hand out. I've been here for X amount of years or X amount of months. Where's my pay raise? It don't work like that. I made a post a while ago. It says, seek to add, add value before you expect value. Mm. Add value before you expect value. I saw a post by Brother Ben. He said, um, connect before you correct. Mm-hmm. Add some value before you go and think that you deserve anything. First yeah. of all, in a, in a relationship, no matter where the relationship is, church, you and your spouse, you and your friend, nobody, nobody did the word deserves, nobody deserves anything. Yep. You have to work for that and add the value to make, to make it to where you do that you should be paid that or you should get that respect or you should get that trust. Nobody, to me, nobody deserves. I saw a post one day, it was like, uh, uh, the man is supposed to drive everywhere. I said the the man nor the woman is not supposed to do anything. Yeah, you you have to earn things. Have to be earned. Correct. At value has to be added. Yeah. And without that, you can't move forward. You know what's funny, Addy? I see so many people talk about um life with Lodge. Life with Lodge is IG. Um, I see so many people, Addy, that talk about you can't make six figures on a job, right? But they don't realize that only 6% of Americans make $100,000 a year. Ameri- not six, Ameri- whites, blacks, Asians? It- Americans. American, okay. Only 6% of Americans make $100,000 a year. One person. Only 20% of households in America, Addy, brings home six figures. A household is two people, right? Two people. Oh, okay. So, so 20% of America... Household, two people bring home a hundred thousand a year collectively. So to come to a job or an opportunity, whether you're running a business or not, and give half-ass effort mm. just because you see the owner making money, but you're not willing to put in the same amount of time the owner put in to make a hundred thousand yourself. Mm. See, when we get jobs and opportunities, we say the reason why I don't want to work for nobody is because I'll never make six figures. Well, you've been by yourself three, four years, and you still ain't made six figures. So who is it? Uh-oh. Is it the opportunity or is it you? Oh, y'all don't want me? Y- y'all don't want me to do that? Uh-oh. Y- y'all don't want me to go there? Um, y- 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 y'all don't? Y- y'all? No, take it there. Because, because you say, I can't make six figures here at this opportunity. Sometimes that is true. But Addie... The opportunity ain't got nothing to do with you choosing it. You chose to go work there. Yep. You didn't ask them for what, what's the, what, what is the ceiling of growth. You didn't ask them for that. Mm. You expected them to have a ceiling of growth for you, and you went to go work for a place that was never going to be capable of giving you that. Because mm. my wife made six figures working for corporate America in, her, in three years of her being in corporate America. Talk about it. She been she been at six figures. She been at six figures working for corporate America. Five of the eight years she's been in corporate America. Yep. 
as a black woman mm. working for a white co- corporate Fortune 500 company. So a lot of times it has nothing to do with the opportunity and everything to do with your development. So when people say, well, when I became an entrepreneur, I made six figures. No, when you became an entrepreneur, it forced you to develop your skill sets, which therefore allowed for your value to increase, which then in turn reflected your bank account six figures. Yeah. So when you were working for someone else or working in another opportunity, it wasn't the opportunity. It was always, in fact, you. Mm. It was always you. It was always you. So when you develop those things, you'll be fine. So now, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, executive for a company, as a black man, as a black woman, you got to develop the type of leadership skills that will make somebody who is qualified to make six figures to want to come work and make six figures with you. Real quick, how does one develop those skills? There you go. Some might not know. So, so this is what I write this down. This is what I always say. You ready? Write this down. It's what I always say. People will only stay with you as long as you can lead them. When people feel like you no longer have the capability of leading them, that's typically when people leave you. Mm. Because people will only stay in an environment long enough for them to be led and taught. So as an executive, if you want top talent to come and work for your organization, one, you have to have the funding to hire them. Do not tell me, Jake, I ain't got the funding. Do not tell me, Jake, I need bank money. I need leverage from the bank to hire people. No, you need to become more profitable. Ah. You need to start saving your company's money and stop spending your company's money. Said S word. You need to start you need to start structuring your your financial house to be able to be put in a position to hire quality help. Mm. So, if you want somebody who is valued at six figures a year, remember, the top 6% of America makes 100,000. Mm. So the type of person that you have to be able to manage, oversee, partner with is in the top 6% of America. Mm. The top 1% in black America. Yeah. This is a higher caliber type of person. Yeah. So you got to, you got to invest in a personal development. You got to invest into the understanding of being able to lead somebody of that capability. And also you have to learn the power of yielding to their expertise Mm. because in order to keep somebody of that caliber inside of your organization, you can't undermine them or treat them like they're a subordinate. You have to treat them and, and, and adhere to them for the expertise of what you need from them. Yeah. Which requires you to be a servant to them as they are supposed to be a servant to you. Mm. You're supposed to yield to them as they are supposed to yield to you. Mm. It's a it's a it's an ebony and ivory type of balance. It's the balancing of of responsibilities and respects of gifts. It's me saying, yes, I'm the CEO, but you are the chief whatever, or you are the director of this. And I trust you and I respect you enough to shut up when you're talking and to listen to the ideas that you may have. If, watch this, if you are proven. Yeah. You can't come giving, you can't come giving expertise if you ain't proven. Yeah. A lot of us like to go work in opportunities and go partner with people and you immediately want them to respect you, but you ain't put no work in. Gotta earn it. We still ain't seen no work. We still ain't seen the effort. 
We, you've been with me two, three years, and I still don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so you got all these critiques and all this stuff, but yet I'm still not seeing the results. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, you have to have a bit of humility to say, okay, if I am hiring you or building a, a partner with you for this, let me set up. Perfect example, me and BX. BX is a marketing god. Yeah. I don't say shit. When he when he when he talks about marketing, I don't, I don't say nothing. I ask him, what do you expect? What do you think we should do? Yeah. Which is a mutual respect for each other's gifts and talents. I don't try to go play in that lane. Kane. Mm. I don't play in her lane. Yeah. Automation queen. Yeah. I shut the hell up when she talked. <laughs> what do you think? Because a true leader knows how to listen to people and guide us in that direction. When I talk about the vision, when I talk about the stability, when I talk about operations of the company, they shut up. Yeah. Because they know that's my lane. That's my space. Yeah. So in order for you to be a leader that keeps top talent, you got to be willing to listen to top talent and give them an environment to take ownership in their ideas. Remember, I said that true ownership is having equity in your ideas. There's nothing. We don't own nothing. Only thing we own are our ideas. So when you give somebody space to have ownership in their creative thinking, in their ideas, you are allowing for them to be able to excel in ways that they never would be able to excel. Why? Because most executives and most successful people leave high paying jobs because they feel like they're not being heard. Yeah. They feel like their ideas are being stolen or they don't feel like they have space to be creative. Ah. That's the, the three areas of, 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 of reasons why top executives leave top corporations. Mm -hmm. They're not being heard. Mm -hmm. They don't have equity in their ideas and they don't have space enough to be creative. So you have to allow room for your people to be creative. And the last thing is you have to allow room for you also to be critiqued. Ooh. How do you keep talented people? You have to allow room for you to be critiqued. I allow room in ABS for me, the head of ABS to be critiqued by everybody. But when you come to me to critique me, you can't come to me with ideas. You better come to me with hard facts. Yeah. Improving results of whatever idea you have. Because I ain't going to just settle and roll over for just because you thought this. Why? What did you see? What proof did you have? Okay, you say several people. Name several. Or if it's just one person, it ain't several. Yeah. So those are that's the type of environment you have to create to allow top cream to rise to the top and want to stay with you long term. The second thing that we have to do. The second thing that we have to do as entrepreneurs, you have to invest into the education of your talent. Everybody always talks about, everyone always talks about, you got to invest in the stock market, invest in this, invest in real estate. My truest investment is in my team because I can get more of a return on my investment by investing into the growth and development of my team than I ever will in another company. And for those who don't have a team and for those that don't have a team, you got to invest into you 
Yes, sir. Because you are your first team. Yes, sir. And how you invest into you will allow for you to grow, which will allow for you to start saving money for other team members so you can invest in them. Ah, they missed it. (laughs) (laughs) They missed that one. So, so, so you got to invest. They say, well, Jake, what if I invest into somebody and they leave? What if you invest into a property in the property bad? Come on. What if you invest into your spouse, y'all get divorced. What if, what if you invest into your children for sports and they don't want to play the sports no more? <laughs> College, you you, you got to do your due diligence on who you invested into. Come on. What have they proven? What loyalty have they showed? What what well you gotta you gotta say if I'm investing it to you, maybe there gotta be a vesting period where they have to be with the company, or else they'll have to pay back everything you invested. Yeah, there, there gotta be some type of you got to it's due diligence. Yep. Just because somebody want an education, you there, there got to be some type of give and take. Why? Because like I said, there would never be. Listen, listen. Our investment into Kane has warranted us the ability to make not only $100,000 in a week, but our $100,000 in a day. Yeah. So us paying Kane, whatever we pay Kane, which is a lot, <laughs> has brought us back 10, 20, 30 fold. What stock market do that? My investment of time and money into Shandalin and Adelijah has brought me back and will continue to bring me back 10, 20, and sometimes 100-fold. What are we working on? My investment into my brother BX, into taking a chance and partnering with him, has changed the dynamic of ABS for life. There's no investment in the world that could have garnished or or gave me a return on investment bigger than the investment of me investing my life and my my heart into into AJ, my wife. Mm. I'm trying to show y'all where the true investments are. Because I invested myself into my wife. My wife's belief and comfort and and, and giving me stability enough so I can go create the life I, I knew I could bring us has brought her return. Matter of fact, her investment to me. Let me say that. Mm, yeah. Because my wife was holding us down financially as I was building ABS. Paid every bill. Paid for children's stuff. Paid took. Took care of the house mm. because this is why I say you need a job while you're building your business. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for my wife's job, we wouldn't be as stable as we are today. Yeah. They say, Jake, but you didn't have no job. Yeah. And I was struggling until I met my wife because <laughs> she was the job. Yeah. So if you ain't got no wife or no husband, you need a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so my wife, Held the family down, which allowed me to go build the future for the family. Mm. My wife held the present while I built the future. There you go. And that investment into me, into the vision I have for our family, has paid her back a thousandfold. (laughs) 
So there's no company that you can invest in that can bring you more ROI than the people that surround you. Yeah. Us paying 40, 50. Listen, y'all, we pay 40, 50,000 a month in payroll. It's increasing too. We pay, we pay 40 <laughs> to 50,000 dollars a month in payroll. That goes into people's households that takes care of them paying for whatever bills and responsibilities they got. Yep. So forty, fifty thousand a month goes back into the community every month because of the opportunities that we provide. That's not the point I'm making. Forty, fifty thousand a month in payroll allows for us to make three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars a month. Come on. In revenue. Talk about that's all right. Now watch this. Me by myself, Addy. I can make thirty, forty thousand a month, but not consistently. Yeah. So I went from only wanting to make thirty to forty thousand dollars a month. To my mind, I shifted. I said, God, I want to pay thirty to forty thousand dollars a month in payroll. Ah. Uh. I said, I said, I said, God, I don't want to make forty, fifty thousand dollars a month. God, I don't want to make a million a year. God, I want to pay a million a year in payroll. Because if a million a year in payroll is supposed to be about 20% of your revenue. So, so, so if I did a million a year in payroll, hold on. Uh, I'm going to get it right. Hold on. If I did a million a year in payroll, that's 5 million a year in revenue. That came from you investing into other people. Though, that right? came from me investing into human capital. Okay. Into people. Okay. You know, the I, best investment you can make in your business is in the investment into people. Go ahead. I always ask this question to people. I'll say, name me some of your assets. <clears throat> if you were to pass away right now, what assets, what do you consider assets that you would be passing down, whatever you have to them? What do you consider your assets? Yeah. Uh, right now I have nothing right now. I just have my car right now. I just have this right now. I just have that. No one ever has answered without me soliciting it. No one has ever just straight up answered. Oh, my daughter, my son, my husband, my wife, that's my asset to me. Even before this, people were my number one asset, my mom, my dad, and my little brother, my immediate family. Those are assets. People are assets. So I, I wholeheartedly believe that when you invest into people, you get a bigger ROI or return of investment than you could from Come on, boy. Than you could from these people telling you to Come invest on, boy. And stop. From these them more than from what they tell you to invest into real estate. Come on, boy. Invest into your if you don't have a team, invest into yourself first. You are your biggest investment. If you go down, how's the household gonna make money? Invest into your personal development first. Save that money. God, we're teaching the game right here. Invest into yourself first. <clears throat> Save your money. Stop splurging. Assets before splurging. You are yes. your asset. Yes. Invest into yourself. Yes. Everything comes back around full circle. Yes. So when you invest into yourself, you save your money, you develop money management. Yes. Now you might be able to afford a business mentor. Yes. Do we not have a business mentor? Yes. Jake and Brother Ben, you guys have a business mentor, correct? Yes. Okay, so when you save your money, you invest into mentorship, you invest into A, B, C, and D yes. to develop you. Yes. Now, people feel like that you can lead them. Yes. 
people feel like that you can lead them. So they're going to, you will invest into them. They're going to invest into you. Yes. You train them, you train your staff and you also listen to your staff. Like you're going to listen to the marketplace yes. because you're serving those two people. You're serving. Well, somebody literally just posted. Uh, how many minutes ago? They literally just posted 25 minutes ago, taking long, too long to get to the point. And the sad part is we've been given a point the whole time. The whole time. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Microwave society. Microwave. When we've been given the point the entire time. Yeah. If you listen to this podcast, this, this one episode, we've been given the game. For the whole hour and twenty four minutes, <laughs> and, and 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 you and you brought out a point that I was alluding to, uh, Addy. And the point that you brought out was, people think that assets. I know this is this is going to be. People think that the top assets are land. You know, I always be like it's controversial. Is that word Contra- yeah, controversial? Yeah, controversial. Yeah, land, gold, stock, all of that. They think that's the asset, mm. but without people, none of those things mean anything. Mm. Because it's the people who drive the value on all of those assets. Talk to them. See, I can have, I can own all the land in the world, but if there are no people around to say, "Man, I value that land," it yeah. means nothing. What 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 makes a, what makes land in a specific community less valuable, Eddie? What makes land in a specific community less valuable? Uh, land in a specific community less valuable. The thing, the the people that are there the attractions that are there. Mm-hmm. So if it's just a blank piece of land, unless there's, even if there's gold and minerals in this, uh-huh. it's a person who says, oh, this is worth that. Exactly. So watch this. So none of those things matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter how dilapidated the, uh, the, the community is. Yeah. It doesn't matter that there are, there, there are thugs on the corner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if, cause you can have a piece of land that's in the middle, uh, in the middle of a community. They got little gold rinds in the ground. Mm. It's in the same community. What makes that land valuable? People want it. Yeah. So that means that people are the true assets. People get to determine <laughs> what currency is. People get to determine the value. Uh-oh. So that's why I say people first, results second. Because what makes a stock valuable? People. Yeah. If people say, man, we ain't effing with Apple no more. Man. The value of Apple, what? Diminishes overnight. Yeah. Because people determine the value. So the true asset is exactly what Addy said. It's in people. So when people ask me, Jake, what's your asset? My asset is worth millions. Why? Because of what I instilled into our people and what I built inside of ABS. ABS will still continue even if I died. And that means that there's no price point on the value that is actually brought. Sir, what's your value? What's your assets? It's people. 
This, 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 this people. So when you're building your company, you build products that best make people happy. Mm. When you build your company, you create an environment that makes people you hire happy. Mm. When you build your company and you got profits, the best thing to put your, your money ain't in a building. It ain't in equipment. It's in people. Mm. Why? Because if you have people in your company helping you run the ministry of what God gave you, mm. you can go on vacation and it still survives. Yeah, that's true. But 99% of business owners, they can't ever leave their company because they scared that when they come back, ain't going to be nothing to be there. <laughs> so it's people. Yeah. It's people. Mm-hmm. It is people. And the problem that most entrepreneurs have that are black and the reason that they fail is because we undervalue people. We undervalue people. Undervalue people. No customer service. <clears throat> That's no efficiency. No that, operations. That that issue starts in the household. Because growing up, we weren't valued from our parents. Yeah. Some of us were. Some of us weren't. That's a fact. We our feel our feelings and emotions weren't valued. Correct. Um, our ideals weren't valued. Every time we wanted to ask a question, we were told to shut up. Yep. Um, this grown folk business. This grown yeah. This grown folk business. Yeah. We we weren't able to ask why. Yeah. So when you get to a point. Even as a child, you can recognize, like, man, I can't do, I can't even say how I feel. Yeah. I must not matter. So when we grow up thinking that we don't matter, we just think people in general don't matter. So when we get to a point where we grew up like that, but we still were, we were, we, we, we got into a position where we were self-employed and a business owner, you still think people don't matter. Yeah. They're good enough to sell to, but not good enough to invest in. Come on. Because the way you grew up made Come you on. feel like you didn't matter. Your Come feelings on. don't matter. You don't you don't take people's advice when they critique you because you just feel like no emotions matter. Come on, bro. No feelings matter at Come all. Come on. So it starts in the household. This is why counseling is important. This is why creating a safe place, whether it's in business for you to be critiqued by the people you hired or to be critiqued by, in a respectful way, your children. Well, Dad, um, I don't really like, not in front of everybody, you, your children are not going to disrespect you. No, I'm not telling you to let them do that. But when you create a safe space for everybody in the household to, to critique and talk to, and let, oh, we have to let our kids and our children, we have to give them a chance to be intellectuals, use their mind. Yes. Not just telling them to shut up, this is grown folk business. Yes. I don't understand where that came from. Hey, shut up is grown folk business. So your child never got to develop and communicating with grown folk. And then you kick your child at 18. Thinking that they grown. Thinking that they grown. <laughs> you didn't create that environment. You see, and then we go out there. We want them to be successful where their training camp didn't have the, 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 the training camp didn't have the best facilities. Mm. The bench press messed up. This messed up. The communications messed up. You guys don't talk about money. You guys don't talk about feelings and emotions. The pops is, you know, the it starts stems from the parents. Yeah. You, we have to create a place in business and the household because everything starts in the household. We have to create a place where it's safe to talk and develop because that's where it first starts. How, how, Eddie, how, why do people spend tons of money to go? Out to eat at a high-end restaurant versus a cheaper restaurant. Oh, is that quick satisfaction? 
when you put that fork in your mouth after you scoop the food, you automatically taste it. But when you're dealing with a person who's probably, you probably more hard-headed than them, you already know. <laughs> it's going to take a long time for me to get my ROI. When you're raising your child and you want your child to be successful, you want them to be a doctor, go to the NFL, NBA, it's going to take years. They're not just going to pop out and go to college and then get a good job and then start taking care of you. So you already know, I'd rather get this, and it's just human nature, I'd rather get this instant gratification than to invest into something that's going to take years. Okay. Now, 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 what would make, because at the restaurant, right, the reason why I like going to high-end restaurants, like steak places and, seafood and stuff like that. I know I'm going to get charged a lot for the same type of food. Yeah. But typically at a higher end restaurant, it's not the same type of food. It's a better quality of food. Mm -hmm. And, and they choose a better quality of food because they choose a better value for people. Mm. The reason I like going to higher end restaurants is because the waitresses, they treat me like they value me being there. Mm. The reason why I like getting higher end uh, cars is because when I purchase something and I get my car serviced, they show me that they appreciate my dollar. Yeah. People will stay and people will buy from people that value people. Uh-oh. See, the moment that you run into somebody at Chick-fil-A that don't say my pleasure, mm -hmm. you immediately are shook, hot. Why? Because you're like, no, nah, the culture of Chick-fil-A is y'all value me. Yeah. And I would rather spend a $7 for a chicken sandwich yeah. than $2 at Williams Chicken. Why? Because I know not only the quality may be better, but the service is better. Yeah. And if the service is better, I know that I know that the value of what they present me will be better. Mm. So they can charge me a higher premium because they know that value comes with premium of, of when it comes to value of valuing people. Yeah. So it goes back to people. Your business is struggling because you don't value people. Mm. You can't keep top talent is because you don't value top talent. Mm. Because if you value top talent, the Bible says that your treasures are where your heart lies. Yep. So you put your resources and you invest your resources into the people you actually care about. Mm. So if you don't care, you, you calling the people that work with you, your brother, your family, your sister. If you don't care about them, you don't provide them or give them an environment that shows that you care. You don't care about them. You're a slave master. Slave master syndrome. You want them to slave for you, but you're not willing to slave for them. You don't care. Because if people were truly your asset, you would value people better. You will be structured because you know people actually love 
and thrive in a better structured environment. So you're going to try to continue to provide structure. Mm. You're going to money manage right because you know that people that come and work with you, they want the safety to know that you're not going to bail on them when, when things get tight. Mm. When a company is going under, are you just going to cut them or you got enough money in the reserve to pay all payroll until you figure it out? See, you, your customer service would be all right if you valued your customers. But you can't say that you value your customers if you got shitty customer service. Uh. If, if you stunting on, stuntin on social media about all the bags you got, but you don't have quality customer service, that should let the consumers know that you don't give a shit about them. Yeah. Yep. I don't care how good your product is. Staff development. Are you pouring and developing into your team or are you always angry? Do you teach, do you treat your team like you treat your children? Do you, do you treat your team like you treat your spouse? Mm. You want them to shut up and just do something. Ooh. Get out your way. Only speak when spoken to. Well, how's the relationship with your children and you? How's the relationship with your spouse? Mm. Man, I love how my parents raised me, bro. As long as we were respectful, my parents allowed for us to be in grown folk environments with them, having conversation. We didn't, we couldn't speak or we didn't talk, yeah. but they allowed for us to sit there mm. and, and hear how they engage. I love my parents, bro, because my parents actually gave me an environment. Now, they weren't perfect. There were days when they were short, of course. but they allowed for us to voice our opinions. My dad says, son, I'm going to always give you enough room to hang yourself. Even when it came to punishment, they say, you want an ass whooping or do you want punishment? Yeah. Think, think wisely. And I had the choice to weigh. <laughs> do I want a whooping? Yeah. Or do I want punishment? Yeah. I can get the whooping and just deal with the consequence off top. Yeah. Or I got to have a prolonged, dis uh, be disciplined prolonged Ooh. for a longer period of time. Yeah. Because I didn't want to handle the heat of my decision. Mm. My parents gave me gave us the choice. And and, and 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 when we chose, they gave they dealt with us the way that we chose. I love that. Yeah. And so you as an entrepreneur, do you have that same respect for your people? Mm. Where you say, hey, listen, if if I were if if you were in my shoes, how would you deal with me? There are so many people that fired themselves here at ABS. Just with me saying. If you were my boss and I was your CEO, how would you handle me? It forces them to say, damn, mm. here's the two. These are two things I would do. So you choose which one do you want? You want to not get paid this month because you didn't do shit? Or would you like to get paid and be fired? Ooh. You choose. And so when you create that environment, it allows it allows it allows for that to be it allows for the type of excellence that you require in order for you to excel and succeed and the last thing is your people need vision without vision the people perish yeah. so when you don't have a vision that is large enough for people inside of your organization to see their dreams in in it the people will perish your vision has to be big enough to encompass the people that are inside of the organization, inside of that vision with you. It got to be big enough. 
It has to be big enough to get their dreams in it. It has to be big enough to get their, their, you know, their visions and their purpose inside of it. And if your vision isn't big enough or they don't see themselves in the vision, the people will perish, which means they will die out of your organization. I want that one was so good. And you said something you said for your, your company has to be big enough to fit other people's purposes. in. that goes back to what we were saying. If, uh, if I'm a critical thinker and you're the speaker, there has to be, you have to create <clears throat> in your business places for this critical thinker yes. to fit, grow yes. and excel. Yes. I hope, man, <laughs> I hope, I hope y'all got that one. That, <laughs> man. They don't realize Rob been teaching the whole time. Been teaching the whole time. <laughs> uh, but that also goes back to showing if do you truly care about people, the people in your organization like you say you do. Because if I truly love this person, I'm going to try to figure out what their gifts are. As the leader, I'm trying to find where your gifts are, and I'm trying to help put you in an environment that best fits your gift. But if I just want to use you, I won't be patient enough to figure out where you best fit. Mm. And therefore, I just want to get as much out of you because you know you can't perform in this area. I know I can get cheap labor because if I put you in the area where you really actually can excel, I know I'm going to have to cough up some money. Mm. But for me, people in our organization, I see them as investment. If I invest into you, my ROI will be this. And I know that because I'm putting you in the best place that fits you. And in that environment, you will be able to do this, 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 and that, which will allow for us to be able to do this, this, that, and this. They get what they want, you get what you want, and everybody wins. So if you want to win in business, you want to learn how to do it, text 50K to 210-504. 4094. Text 50K to 210-504-4094. And what will happen is you will get text, you'll go through the sequence, and our, our support team will actually allow for you to be able to get in one of our courses called Purpose to Profit, where we show you how to turn your purpose into a profit so that you can be able to get to where you want to go. Hey, listen, guys, everybody, get ready to queue up the music. Uh, listen, everybody, this is Jake Taylor Jacobs. Click it. And this is Adelaja Niner Crown that brought peace. And this is Assets Before Splurging. Dealing got it bumping. Hey. I'll take that bubble. Yeah.